Party was my middle name. Now I got to open up my thing. I think we have a podcast going here, dude. So we're podcasting now. I don't give a shit. We're recording. Okay. Uh, whether, whether we, whether you can we do like whatever you want with it. Yeah. You can yeah. you can record all this shit and put it on a regular podcast if you want. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't know cuz I well, you know, we'll just get caught up and something interesting will happen here. Yeah. I think it already is. But I've got like this might be a little another one for our new podcast. So Yeah. That's true. We could, we could spin it into that too. But I've got now I'm sitting on I got to open up my Microsoft Word here. So my biggest story right now is a bunch of stories, a bunch of fairly sizable stories. And it is right now 51 pages. And all of them have, it's kind of like a common theme in them or like a thread that kind of weaves them all together. But there's one, I think there's like, I've got four written in here. And that's where the, uh, the one I'm, there's a couple of racy ones in here because mm-hmm. I wrote, I wrote a, uh, I wrote one about a, a wrong number, like a prank call that, uh, just happened. Like someone dialed our number and they just wound up getting a whole bunch of bored pipe fitters sitting around with nothing to do. Yep. And they were looking for drugs. So we had fun with them. And needless to say, they never got their drugs. Oh, yeah. But we got our dopamine hit out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've got three in here. So I, like, I'm going to cap this one. I'm going to split it into two parts, and I'm going to write another three stories. And then I'm going to split this one into two parts so that it's not just one slog through. You could, oh, yeah. you know, maybe we could start, maybe we could bookend the whole thing with this one if it if i figure out a good ending i don't know but we'll have to see how everything flows but yeah well i I haven't started assembling them yet so at all like i haven't put anything into the program right no we should wait until we see what we got because like we kind of found a a natural way to end the book on the last one which yeah i think worked out pretty good and we might have something like that again this time or something will kind of pop out it's a it's an interesting process I have but, nine uh, stories in the medium editor and two on my other laptop. So I've got 11 stories and they oh, all wow. average between them. The average 1500 words each. It's not too bad. Well, so that's what I've got. Like I've worked on a lot of different little stories. eh? Yeah. And some of them, as I revisit them, as always, you look at them and you're like, what was I thinking? So then you got to rewrite certain parts, right? But they're roughly edited already. So they just need like two more go overs and then a read aloud. So word wise, you've got me beat like hands down separate oh, ideas. Yeah. I think I've got you beat. Oh yeah, so. you do. Cause I'm, I'm just like, uh, Oh, there's your, uh, Oh, I like your, I'm just looking at the picture right now of your makeshift. My blanket fort. Your blanket fort. I'm not in my uh, my big echoey wooden office anymore, so it's probably a little bit less echoey. No, uh, uh, not too much. Or are you in, you're in regular camp room, right? Yeah. I don't know how. Am I echoey? No. Good. So, 
probably because you have lots of hard surfaces, you're going to be echoey. I don't have anything on the ceiling. Oh Some yeah. People go with, as far as covering the ceiling too, but it doesn't seem to matter for this. Yeah. I'll have to figure that out a bit, but, but it's, uh, I did, I think basically the simplest is the best. That's what I've found out so far because I made a complicated backdrop. Like some people had like, Oh, you get a cardboard box and you fill it with foam and you put it behind the microphone and you know, shit like that I did before and it works, yeah. but it's way too much work this way. I just hung some, you can hung sheet, hang sheets or blankets or stack pillows, every whatever, you know, soft things is what you need. Oh yeah. So there, I got a pillow in the corner now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that helps. Well, I've been watching a bunch of crazy movies, man. Yeah. Yeah, have you been you been doing any of that? I've been watching just a little bits of this here and there. Finished She-Hulk. And I started watching What We Do in the Shadows based upon another QC person's recommendation. Pretty good, really. Now you're, you're watching the TV show. The recent TV show by, I can never say the guy's name. Taika Waititi. Yeah, that guy. Does, is he involved with the TV show? He's the right. He's one of the writers, I believe. Oh, okay. And it is dry humor, so it's perfect. Well, I, I, it, if it's similar to the movie, it's it's going to be good because that movie was pretty funny. I, that movie was on the other day, and I watched a little bit of it. And still, that guy's line about why vampires like vir- virgins—it cracks uh, me up every time. Was that the the movie with who was in that movie? It was Taika Waititi. And Jermaine Clement. And it's done like a documentary, you know? So that's, okay, there's that so one I don't think I, I never watched that. Really? No. Oh, you should give it a spin. You'll love it. It seems You'll like it. it's based upon Dark Shadows, which is uh, a set of, it, which is a gothic type daytime drama, wasn't it? Originally? Yeah, that older TV show. I think it was like yeah. a 70s TV show. 60s, yeah, with 70s, Barnaby Collins, the vampire, yeah, they, and... I can't remember the name of the of the werewolf. But anyway, Quentin was the name of the werewolf. Mm. And they made a movie because, of course, Jack Sparrow should be a vampire. Yeah, that was the Tim Burton. Totally remake. didn't make any sense, and I didn't like that movie. But anyway, that's why I never, ever even considered what we do in the shadows, because I assumed it had something to do with that. But this TV show is way better. It's totally irrelevant and... You know, for instance, the line last night that the one vampire had said about her childhood. It's one of those ridiculous things that no one else will probably find funny, but we were so poor, we had to burn donkey dung for fuel. And when we, when the donkey dung ran out, we had to burn the donkey. Stuff like that is what it's built out of. There was a line in the <laughs> movie version of it. Like, it's got to be similar to the movie, but there was one where the guy goes, like, I pre- you presume that they're asking him why vampires like virgins. Mm-hmm. And the one guy's like, well, you know, I like to think of it like as if you were eating a sandwich. He's like, you'd enjoy it a lot more if you knew no one had fucked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in the show, their one familiar has found the perfect source of virgins. It's a LARPing society where they're all dressing up and doing role play and they're all virgins. Oh, now you've convinced me. I got to watch this now. Oh, and the best part is the energy vampire. So he's a day walker and he works at an office. 
and he just walks up and sucks the energy right out of people by talking to them in a boring fashion. Oh God, that might be me. <laughs> no, I don't Am think I you that can compete with this guy. No, definitely not. Oh, I got I got to see how they play it off. And then there was a face-off between the energy vampire who just frustrated and bored people, and the energy vampire, the emotional vampire who made people feel sorry for her to the point where they, she sucked them dry. That episode was pretty good. I find that TV shows right now are kind of like the energy vampire. Do you find that? Yeah, but I found a way around it. I don't let them get their hooks into me anymore. I just watch them until I'm done watching them, and then I just shut them off. Well, yeah, that's the that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head with the word hooks because <laughs> I have like kind of a psychological barrier coming up right now where when I want to watch a TV show, I just stop. And I've been watching all these movies lately because I just find that some big bombastic TV show, you're going to get into it. You're going to be like four or five seasons in and, you know, you're, you're hearing all these people now say, well, you know, I'm sick and tired of hearing people say, well, it really picks up in the third season. And that's what happens. You get these shows with their hooks in you. And then before you know it, you've watched like two or three seasons and then it starts to get good or whatever. And then before you know, and then it starts to kind of taper off and ends on a bad note or whatever. Right. So I don't know. I'm just the time. You know, suck. You don't have to keep going when it starts to suck real bad. No, I just don't. But you know what? I find that the best times I've had watching TV shows lately have been a, a mini series. So mm -hmm. there's one I watched last year called, I think it was called Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. It was good. There was Mayor of Easttown I really enjoyed. And they were just long enough to be a nice self-contained story. And you watch that one, that one season of it. There's only one season and then it's over. And you get a good story in there and you don't have to you don't really have to commit to anything that's I what i think it. i like about the stephen king series that have been out lately and i can't remember the name of either one of them but there was castle rock yeah and that just ends and you're done with it and uh mr mercedes i've just started mr mercedes right so far it's good but it's not like something driving that i just have to see what happens next week i can watch it for a while and then not watch it for a while you know I think that's the key, is to not get hooked so bad. The worst one ever was The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead really treated us, treated me cruelly, and my wife as well, to the point where season eight, we we're like, you know what? If we never even know this show exists anymore, we'll, we'll be fine with that. Is that the Glenn season? Uh, no, it was the next season after the Glenn season. We uh. toughed it out one more season, and then afterwards we were like, why did we even do that? The Glenn season is where I jumped off and I knew that that was coming because I'd seen it in the comic books. Mm -hmm. It just felt mean. Mm -hmm. And the show was already quite mean to a whole bunch of characters, oh, yeah. but, but the Glenn was the fan favorite that like, just felt. Oh yeah. Talk just, about an emotional vampire. That show is an emotional vampire. It bends you over. And then, you know, after doing it to you, it sucks you dry. Just drops you in a bag, you know, in a, in a heap on the floor. Then you crawl away, and then after you recover, you come back for more for some reason. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> I don't know, it's just an onslaught of misery. Like, just... Oh, yeah. Ugh. Give them a little bit of happiness, and then just, you know, just when they're least expecting it, just slap them in the back of the head, punch them in the kidneys, trip them. Well, and eventually that becomes a formula, and people yeah. catch on, and they're like, well, I can't, I, I don't like this feeling anymore. I'm going to just jump yeah. off. It's like the season's close to ending. Which favorite character are we going to kill this year? Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> um, 
I'm watching. So every year you got me last year, you got me watching at your behest. I watched Midnight Mass. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. We're back on the vampire wagon now. Midnight <laughs> Mass was good. And that guy does a show every year that like this, the same, I think uh, Mike Flanagan is the guy who, who does the show. He's the showrunner mm-hmm. and he does another show and it's usually something, sp- well, it's always something spooky themed and it always comes out right around Halloween. So he's got one out now called the Midnight Club that I started watching. I've only seen one episode, but it's pretty good. And hmm. it, this one I'm on board with, you know, it's a, another self-contained story. You could almost call it like he's almost got kind of a, a recurring show but it's a different show every time most of the actors are the same like there's a couple of actors so i think quite a few actors who cross over from midnight mass into this one it's got some horror movie royalty in it it's got uh, heather Loggenkamp, who was in she was the heroine of the nightmare on elm street franchise oh yeah so a kind of an old nostalgia vibe there and it's got all the 90s music and stuff it takes place in the 90s so you know, a little bit of a vibe there. I like it. It's pretty fun. But the movies, man, I've been eating those up. Which, where do you find this Midnight Club? It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, the Midnight Club. Well, it's, that might be worth a, a look. Gallo- yeah, it's good. It's got, like, all the, the characters in it are all kids who are very, well, they're terminally ill. But it's got a really good heart to it and kind of an upbeat sense of humor. It's Which is, considering the theme, uh really bizarre but it's funny like it's a funny show and it's scary and good show well i feel like all of the most creative things have like a beginning and an end if you look at the most prolific authors ever uh, we briefly mentioned scanner darkly earlier although i don't know if you were recording yet but uh, philip k dick wrote 40 some or more books Uh, don't quote me on that number but quite a few books and any one of those ideas or any one of those books had like several ideas in it. Nowadays, somebody would grab one of those ideas and then base their whole career on it. Whereas he was just cranking out ideas left and right. Same with Stephen King. He doesn't just write one book and then write 20 more books in the same vein, like the exact same characters. He moves to the next idea. Although maybe they're interconnected, but they're not identical. So this idea yeah. that we need to start a franchise, for instance, Batman or whatever, and then base all of our work on this one franchise and never branch off is non-creative in the long run. If there's a good way of losing people, I think that's it. Like when they have to get too involved in stuff, there is such a thing as too involved. And it reminds yeah. me of the comic world because we've, oh, maybe we've touched on this before, but I used to be a big comic reader and I've kind of fallen off because the the time when I fall off or when I fell off last was when they had like these big crossover events and you know I wanted to buy Spider-Man and I wanted to buy the Hulk and I wanted to buy maybe X-Men or Wolverine or whatever right and that was what I wanted I wanted to read those stories but then they started to like bleed into each other and you couldn't get a consistent story like just a one story without going in and out of all these other books and then before you know it you're buying you have to buy like 20 books a month to follow the story and it just became one too cost prohibitive just too time intensive like trying to trying to follow all this stuff and it was just overwhelming right so if they would have just stuck to a self-contained spider-man story and maybe had a special event or something like that down the road i would have been i would have stuck with my reading but it got too unwieldy unwieldy Hmm. just 
crazy. And I find that the TV shows are kind of doing like Marvel TV shows are doing that now. I don't want to bitch about Marvel, but it's just it is a time sink, right? Like you consider something like Game of Thrones, you're into that for eight seasons. You've got a year, a year, two years between seasons. And a lot of people, if that happens, Westworld, did you watch Westworld? I did watch everything but the last season. I haven't even started season four. Well, it's got good reviews. It, it does, yeah. And I like I I loved the first season. I remember watching the first season, and at a certain point, I was just like, "There is a hook coming in this show." Yeah, and there was, and I loved it. And there was a two year wait between seasons, and I haven't watched. I haven't come back to it since then because it's just it's too much. Well, you do uh, have to pick and choose. But you know, you've totally described why I stopped going to the bar. Because you go to the bar, and I'd be fine if it was one or two hours. But everybody else wants to like stay for six hours. So one, it became a time sink. And two, it was cost prohibitive. Yeah. So I stopped going. That's what happens. It becomes a <laughs> habit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I think you hit. That's a good analogy. Because it's like, it is a habit. Sometimes you're like, well, I really like this. I like going to the bar. But then you're like, oh, no, I'm drunk all the time and my wife hates me. <laughs> yeah, well, everything is good within within limits. So, and that is what I actually enjoy about these latest Marvel shows. For instance, She-Hulk, I think, what is it, nine episodes. And the average episode is like 30 minutes long. That's not that big of a time sink. No. And then you look at Moon Knight, which was also very similar in length. And... It's a sort of self-contained story. Those both, those two are both, in particular, not really tied in with everything. You could watch them stand alone, and it would be fine. I enjoy that about those two yeah. particular shows, as opposed to, for instance, 90% of the things on, uh, on Netflix, where they expect you to tie in for five seasons or whatever. I mean, yeah. sometimes that's okay, but in general... I just have too many things on the go, like life and stuff. That Yeah, it's hard to kind of balance it all out, get the uh, entertainment stuff all in there. You know, the other thing too is like my kid, she got us watching this one Netflix show. I can't remember what it was called, but it was pretty good. It was like a girl who finds out she's got like crazy Akira superpowers or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they had one season of it and it was fun, you know, dirty, dirty mouth kind of humor and stuff like this and a pretty compelling main character who had all the things that you want to see. And then they canceled it right away. And, you know, they've been canceling all these other shows that it's kind of, uh, you know, you want to watch the show, but you just don't know if it's going to see the light of day after one season and you're going to get tripped up, invested emotionally in a show and then it just gets canceled. So it's sometimes yeah. I think people are, I think I know the, the, is that one show called Jupiter's Legacy? Does that sound right? A superhero oh, there's, show, yeah, that's a superhero which is only show. one season only... available, and it got canceled. Yeah. I watched the first episode, and then I found out it got canceled. I was almost interested, and I was like, "Well, you know what? The story doesn't end. I'll never know what happened, so I got to stop watching this." Yeah, What's there's no the point? point. It's uh, Sandman is another one. I don't know if Sandman is going to get picked up again, but I know a lot of people started watching Sandman and. For a lot of people, that was their first foray into the character. Foray? Foray. It was their first introduction yeah. to the character. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm just going to sound stupid all by myself. Their, next, their first expedition. Yeah, their, yeah, their first 
Yeah, expedition, that's a great word. And so they got into it, they watched it, they love the world, they love the character, they love all the side characters and all the side stories and all the where it's going and everything like that. And then whoop, the rug gets pulled out and there's no more Sandman that's going to happen, I don't think, unless it gets picked up by another streaming service. And what was the point of watching that in the first place? So I'm just a lucky guy. I got the comic books at home and I can read them anytime I want. Well, I guess... Everything doesn't have to be a show either, you know? No, uh, no. We talked about this with the Preacher show and the versus the comic. And I think it was in retrospect, I'm, I'm getting to that stage like where when I was younger and there I was reading all these comic books and stuff, I really would have liked to have seen them on the screen. And the big ticket at the time was a movie. Like if they were going to do a TV show of it, you knew it was going to be a piece of shit. Yeah. So you just afraid that they never took your favorite thing and turned it into a TV show because it was garbage. It was going to be hot garbage, but you'd get a movie of it. And there was just so many things like Sandman and the Preacher that if you knew if they did a movie of it, it wouldn't live up to what you read in the comic book because the story's so big. And you knew nobody was going to want to do like some big epic Lord of the Rings groundbreaking movie series or whatever. So they just kind of went the way of the Dodo. And then when they started figuring out that there was uh, an audience for this stuff and money in in these properties and they started trotting them out kind of doing them either half-assed or missing the point now i'm at the stage where i'm like you know what it's okay to just leave this as a comic i like it as a comic or as a whatever it was novel or whatever and just don't don't do it because it's sometimes just not the right not the right thing and sandman has that preacher effect we talked about that before where it was like preacher had lightning in a bottle when they Yep. When they had the graphic novel and the Sandman was, this, I found it more of the same thing. If you want to watch it, the story's all there. Like all the things that happen in the story are there and the actors are all good. And the directing is kind of good. But it lost but, my interest. I think. Yeah. It, I don't know. I got like six, six episodes maybe in and I just couldn't go any farther. Well, that's where it kind of fell off too. Like it, it, it ends, it, it's got a pretty weak ending and about a third of the way through once it's got like, it's kind of a funny story because there's three kind of, Acts, I want to say yeah. three kind of separate, separate plot lines that get resolved in that season. And by the time you get to the, what the third one is, it's just kind of stupid and it worked really well in the comic book, but they just, it just, I don't know if they handled it clunky or if it was just bad directing or I don't know what, but it just came off dumb. Yeah. It comes off dumb. Uh, I don't know. Some people really like that one. And I, I went back as I was watching the show, I went back and I read the whole comic book. So I had it fresh. I had all that stuff fresh as the show was going on. Yeah, they, it was, it just comes off differently in the comic book and I don't know, better, better, mm. I'd say. Kind of like Star Wars, you know, they, they had one guy behind the whole thing and he kind of came up with this whole idea. And now that other people are kind of walking away with it, it doesn't feel the same. It's missing stuff and the parts are all there. And everything's moving in the same fashion, but the magic isn't there sometimes. And sometimes it is. It's a, I think it's a really difficult thing to get that, put that smoke back in the bottle or the lightning back in the bottle or whatever. But well, you know, if, if you're intending to write a story or make a movie or whatever, and you have a backstory for the characters, and then you have a main story, there's never any need for everybody to actually know the entire backstory. No, because it's fodder for your main story. 
It just yeah. like if you're if you're turning wood to make a vase, right? Or a vase, however you say that on a lathe, the main event is the finished project, right? No one wants to see the sawdust. <laughs> so why do we need all this prequels? That's sawdust. Why well, you know what just popped into my head here? A couple things. I I want to watch a there's a prequel out right now to a movie that I watched last year that I recently rewatched and changed my mind about, and it's a prequel, and I'm dying to see it. Which one's that? It's called Pearl. I don't Have know you heard, of heard of that one. No. It's a they did a horror movie set in the late seventies called X. And I watched it when it came out earlier. No, it was earlier this year. I watched it and I was like, oh, it's okay. But then I rewatched it with my wife and I wound up really, really liking this movie. And I found out that they'd shot Pearl and X back to back. And Pearl is a prequel to X. And I'm mm. apparently it's really good, but they're not playing it in the theater where I live. So uh, I'm going to have to wait until it comes out for rent or something like that. And I really wanted to go so- to the theater to see it. So the only thing is that they shot them back to back, then Pearl is actually the first movie and X would be the sequel. Yeah. Well, I thought, right? I, but you know what X I mean? They didn't, first they didn't go they... back five years later and go, oh, you know what? We should make that. Did they? No, no. That was uh, conceived as kind of one <laughs> thing and they just did yeah, it all at the same that's time. That's what I mean. Sh- yeah. It, it'd be as uh, if I think they actually... we made a vase, right? We turned a vase, right? but we kept all the sawdust in a box. And then 10 years later, we're like, you know what? This vase is great. Why don't we go back and look in the box of sawdust? That's what they <laughs> continually do is go, you know, we made a really great vase. Boy, can you ma- remember that vase we made? Why don't we try to get that magic back by looking at where we made it from? That doesn't make any sense. I was trying to uh, describe the other day, the Star Wars to someone who hadn't seen them and they're like do you like any like there's all these new star wars movies do you do you like any of them and i said well listen here's how it is with me and star wars i said the original star wars movies are like shakespeare okay shakespeare tragedy comedy all the stuff that you like and then i said then these prequels came along and they're also like shakespeare but it's like watching shakespeare and all the actors sucked on helium balloons and then i said then they made sequels and that's like shakespeare that someone decided to write but they only ever read the cole's notes of shakespeare Mm -hmm. and i don't know uh i think pretty good description of the movies you're the only one who's laughed at that tim so i just got to say thank you like (laughs) i worked really hard on that joke i'm thinking of me misa that word for instance might be done with helium Oh, yeah. Oh, that Jar Jar Binks was like a helium balloon yeah. all, all to himself. He was a helium You know, all balloon. the Gungans, yeah. they just lived in helium balloons under the sea. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's down there sucking helium. Yeah. We should do an edit of this, the Phantom Menace helium <laughs> cut. Yes. Uh, number three was, it had its moments. I like number three. Well, they all have their moments, but they're, oh, yeah. I don't know, it took me a long time. I saw The Phantom Menace like six times, and then about after number six, I was like, maybe this movie's shit. It, it took me a lot to admit it, but I did. Yeah, back, and then I back still went the, back. Back into the sawdust box, eh? Back in the sawdust Let's box. Let's make an and you effigy out of sawdust. That's right. And then <laughs> before Disney bought the property, 
they released the Phantom Menace as a 3D movie, Tim, mm-hmm. in the theater. Do you remember this? I saw it. I went back to see it again, too. Number seven <laughs> times in the theater. But you know what? Who doesn't really like a can. good pod race? The pod race is phenomenal, and that lightsaber fight with Darth Maul is yeah. just the shit. I'll, I'll suffer through the rest of that flying guy and the uh, horrible age gap between Natalie Portman and her love interest. Mm-hmm. That's rough. And uh, all kinds of other stupid stuff. Skinless 3PO, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking at the time when that movie came out, I'm going to go off, we're going off on a Star Wars tangent. I hope that's okay with you. Well, whatever. You Back just, into the uh, sawdust box. <laughs> yeah, we're in the sauna box now. I've just drudged up some repressed memories. I remember getting out of that movie thinking, why the fuck does everything have to be connected? Like, how come R2-D2 had to show up in this? Why? I don't want him there. He doesn't belong in this movie. And I kind of resented the fact that they thought I needed that or that everyone needed that stuff. Like, if he wouldn't have been in the movie at all and he would have come in later on or down the road or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know. Imagine and. A 90-year-old iPhone. Yeah. Okay. Would you have that? No. That's bullshit. That whole idea that a droid, which is, you know, basically a fancy iPhone, could uh, have that kind of longevity. They wouldn't. Fuck around. You're batting a thousand here. You just blew my mind. Because by now, they would have been, you know, able to speak words and shit. Well, some of them do. Yeah, some of them do. And the other ones wouldn't be around anymore because they'd be the equivalent of a Nokia. Well, I wonder who makes these things. Like now I'm now I'm curious about this <laughs> because there's, have you watched, I watched the first episode of this Andor show and they got a little droid that rolls around. He's, he's not like, a, you know, in Star Wars, they got the C-3PO's, he talks, right? And then there's other droids that are like him. They talk. And you notice that all the humanoid ones usually have some sort of speech that's mm-hmm. understandable. That isn't just bloops and bleeps and shit like that, right? And then you got your BB-8. He just bloops and bleeps. And your R2-D2s, they just bleep, bleep, bloop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they got this one in this Andor show. I haven't seen the whole thing, but he looks like a kind of an R2-D2 thing. He doesn't have any humanoid features and stuff. But he's like those robots in the Black Hole movie. Remember that movie, yeah. The Black Hole? Oh, yeah. And they, there was like the beat up fucker. Yeah, and then there the was the other robots, guy who was, yeah. yeah. So the good but robot was round and the evil robot was angular. Well, the evil robot was humanoid, but there was these other two good robots. There was one that was like new and he was all right. And then there was like an old beat up guy and he sounded like an old cowboy or something like that. Yeah. But I, I recall the evil robot floating and, and being kind of angular shaped rather than yeah. round. Maximilian was his yeah. name. Maximilian. Yeah. And he was definitely not roundish. Whereas the good robots no, were like, round. Yeah. And they floated and they had yeah. cute eyes and shit. Yeah. Well, this, this robot in Andor is like that, but he looks like R- he's like an R2D. He's got a little lens. He doesn't have any humanoid features. He rolls around, but he talks mm-hmm. and it actually, I complain about Star Wars a lot because they do fucked up shit with this show and I'm not super duper happy with it, but I'm kind of into this one. It's too early to say it's, I'm, I don't want to toot its horn too much because there's still, still too early to tell, but I like that little robot, man. I like that guy. 
because he he broke the rules. Like it's something I haven't seen before. A little non-humanoid robot that's just like, "Hey, bitch, I talk," mm. and I liked it. There's absolutely zero reason to have R two D two walking around bleeping shit that no one can understand. Well, the kids love it. Oh, I know they do, but so at one time maybe you would be limited to a technological level where you'd have to do that, but eventually you would go. You know what? It'd be easier if we could just you know communicate with thought with this thing or whatever. Yeah. You would you would advance. Yeah. I've always wondered that. I've I've read lots of science fiction books where they have the or and seen movies where they have the ninety year old spaceship, right, which still functions somehow. Now imagine you had a ninety year old Ford truck, and you went to the store because your motor blew, and they're like, "Well, you know what? We don't have any of those because it's ninety years old. So if your ninety year old spaceship broke down, you're screwed." Nothing will be compatible. Well, do you ever watch, uh, there was like Jay Leno. He's got, do you know, like about Jay Leno? He's a car freak. Yeah. With his million cars. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's got all these like really crazy cars that are in that exact same boat. And I saw one episode of this weird that you talk about this because I was just thinking about this today where he had a car that was so old and outdated. There was like, if you have a, if you have like a, a, a model, whatever, a Ford or whatever a, it is, yeah. you can still like, there's still people that make parts for that stuff, but there's other cars that weren't popular. Like the Ford was, uh, before Ford, Ford wasn't the only guy to make cars. So there was all these other cars that were out there. There was steam cars and there was all these other freaky ass cars out there that were running off freaking ethanol or whatever they could heavy oil or I don't know what. And he's got some of these and there just aren't any parts for them. But now you can 3D model whatever was on there, print it or get it CNC machined. So even though I'm I'm saying that this is a viable sci-fi trope and I'm challenging you on this because I think it's it, it's something that would be viable in the far flung future for it's like, oh, you got this old ship. Well, guess what? We don't have the parts for it, but we're going to make you one. Well, that's a good point. If they have the plans. So yeah. assuming they've got a database with the right plans in it, you're right. You could have a shipyard that could be cranking out the money with a yeah. 3D printer. But that's the thing is in these books, they never have 3D printers. They just go like, oh, yeah, I need a, a thingamabobber 9000. Well, you know what? We just pulled one out of this other ship. That's what they always say. You know, we just happen to have one. Even though... <sighs> It was made 90 years ago, and it still works. Well, yeah. Well, this is why they always set these movies on some buttfuck planet where, like, yeah. nobody's doing anything, right? Nobody has shit. I've so, been broke down on the edge of the road with a 1978 Chev and, and been screwed. So I, I know all about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you break down. I broke down. I, 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 I broke it down, too. And the, the hard part is, is when you break down near civilization, you have access to all that stuff. But if you break down, like if you break down west of Wawa, yeah. like like 300K west of Wawa, you're fucked. You, you're, there's nothing for mm -hmm. miles. It's going to take you days to even get your truck towed or your vehicle towed, right? But if you break down like I did in Cornwall, Ontario, there's a dealership right there. They can, they can get you all kinds of stuff and you're going to be in and out in four days, no matter how bad it is. That's the uh, so that's why that's why they always set these these movies on some backwater planet where everyone's like just wandering around 
picking up nuts and bolts and making bread out of like some sort of fucking fluff pastry that yeah. comes in a <clears throat> bubble wrap blister pack. Yeah. And milking space cows. Yeah. Oh God. Don't get me. You, you're trying to get me <laughs> ramped up here. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we've come up with a couple of good sci-fi tropes here that we could figure out something to do with. Yeah. We've got new tropes coming folks. This is the new trope show. Did you say Cornhole, Ontario? Corn wall. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, broke, my mistake. I actually, <laughs> Cornhole, <laughs> we didn't call it that when we were there. So, okay, there's a story there. So I was pulling a trailer through Quebec, and I, bro- I actually broke down in Quebec City, but my vehicle was able to make it. I was like, I don't want to stop here because I don't know. I know Montreal is a little bit more friendly. I don't speak French and everywhere that I had to stop out there was very French speaking. So I'm, I now I'm not assuming that everyone was bad. I just didn't want to be stuck somewhere where there would be a big language barrier for me to unfuck my situation. So I kept going and I made it through Montreal and then into Cornwall where I stopped and uh, we were stuck there for like four days while I got my truck fixed it had the trailer attached to it and everything i had my little camper and everything like that mm-hmm. it's a bad one yeah it affected my retirement that's how bad that <laughs> breakdown was that sounds bad <laughs> yeah and i was only in my 30s then it was early 30s it was a bad one you know you get through these things but this is why like now when you're driving around yeah, this is what you, what you think yeah you break down on tatooine nobody there is going to have the cool part shit what you was know, the you, part you they were down. looking for again i can't even remember they were the, looking for a, uh, was it a hyperdrive? Hyperdrive coil? Hyperdrive, uh, it was something to do with their hyperdrive. Yeah. He just hyperdrive happened motivator. to have one for their super shiny ship that was brand yeah, the new. Nubian. Yeah. Well, mean, it was, look at that thing. That was like a freaking, that was a shiny ship. Yeah. Well, all the shit on Naboo looked really good. Yeah, he had one. Watto had everything. Slaves, all the robots you could shake a stick at. You know, cheating dice cubes. He had everything. That guy lost it all. There's a cautionary tale for you. Good old Watto. Well, I don't know where we go from that. I don't really know either, Tim. But in the meantime and in between time, we're still working on our book, Cautionary Tales 2. We're still working on a second podcast to cover that book, Cautionary Tales. And as always, we're just doing whatever we can to keep ourselves entertained. And to keep clear of the vampires. You always want to keep clear of the vampires, blood-sucking, thirsty mothers. <laughs> but, Tim, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm hard to find. But, you could probably find me at cautionary.tales.book or, uh, what's the one for this podcast? Also, Unreliable Narrator 2019.com. Is that right? Unreliable narr- Narrator at gmail.com. That's what it is. 2019 at gmail.com. Unreliable Narrator tw- dot 2019 at gmail.com. We'll get it eventually. Jesus. Why are we so bad <laughs> at this? It's been like three years. Just click the link underneath of my voice. Can you see it? That's the email. That's the email. 
Yeah, there we go. And maybe in the show notes, if you look in the show notes, you'll find a link there. Give us an email. Tell us what you want to hear. Talk to us. Do you want to be a guest? Come on, we'll talk to you. You want to just talk? Or you can just tell us we suck. Whatever. Yeah, tell us we suck. We like that. If you want to find out how much I suck, I review movies on Letterboxd. And you can find me under the handle of, I got to look and find out what this is now. I am that Ryan guy. And you can find me on Instagram where I don't do much. And my name on there is unreliable Ryan. So sometimes I put up a picture of interesting shit on there. That's it. What do you got? You know, also they could go to Amazon and they could search cautionary tales and they will find our book. It's pretty easy you to can find our book to notice which book it is because it has the picture of a boar wearing a hard hat. And it's blue. Like the words inside. <laughs> anyway, Tim, I'm going to let you go here. We're going to find out a way to talk to John. And uh, as always, it's been a slice. Sure. It's been a slice.